spoken words, I'm trying to get out my head. Plug in the mic and leave nothing unsaid. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are now listening to Unspoken Words Podcast. Hey, yeah. How come I have to sit down with you? Good job. Good job. Unspoken Words. Episode 135 to listen to yourself episode. Hey. Listen to yourself. Hey. 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 Uh, hey. I'm going to listen to me. Hey. Just listen to yourself, JC. Just hey, let me name. listen to hey, me. Hey, yo, yo. No mm, needs work. <laughs> <laughs> Someone help JC. He's sitting in his own pew. Or what'd you say? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I said I saw a little pew today. Oh, I thought you said I'm sitting in my oh, own no, pew. Oh, no, I did. I did. <laughs> oh, you did sit in your own pew? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not confuse things. <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. You know, like in a church and they have the seats, pews. Yeah. I saw a little pew. <laughs> Where? <laughs> downstairs. Over okay. downstairs in the North X. Yeah. So, man who farts in church sits in pew alone. Mm. Pew. Mm. Pew. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're here, Unspoken Words, 135 in the house, and over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus, he's the pod guardy number 83 in the place to be, Randy B, say shoulder. Shoulder, this voice is brought to you by Vapo Cool Severe. ah for those lonely nights. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> at least those long nights. <laughs> oh, and over here to my right, all the way from Baba Nine No Nine No Nine No, he is your favorite Indian, your ace, your hone one, JCB. Say Hoka Hey, Hoka Hey, Hoka Hey, little big man, Hoka Hey, <laughs> and greetings. And across the way from me tonight, special guest in the house, Lacey Gonzalez. I forgot to ask if there's a nickname, street name, something from the streets of Mouse City. Gang name. Gang name. Gang gang. Nope. Not even a, not even my, a grade school uh, no, no, my, playground name. My gym name is LG. Okay. LG. LG, baby. What's that? Al Jeezy. Al Jeezy. Not Al Jazeera. Just Al Algeria. Algerian. No. No. No, Al G. Al G. So, hey, and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. it's very good to be here. I feel you like too. a hero. I love you too. I love you. <laughs> so LG is here from Tour Tribal Opioid Response with Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council. But we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, right now, I'm just going to do a little quick check-in. How's your guys' week going? How do you feel about this weather, this bipolar weather? I don't mind the rain because it gets rid of that smoke. Oh. Uh, the smoke, the smudge. How did you handle that smoke? Uh, it wasn't too bad. I know a lot of people like they it bothers them, like it. Like yeah, really I lot, them. yeah, I heard some people like headaches and asthma kicking up. I was getting headaches all last week, bro. Like just on the right side. Mm. Yeah, like mm. I didn't want like I didn't want to come outside. 
I wanted to go hit some golf balls the other day, and I went outside, got a headache, and I went back inside and slept. Yeah, because yesterday, I think, yeah, after it rained, that yeah. had a pretty good downpour. And then I, I, you can tell, like, the smoke was gone. Yeah. Like, or, I don't not gone, but, like, it cleared it out. And oh, the yeah. skies are getting bluer. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I kind of forgot that smoke was there. Yeah, it kind of jacked me up Monday and Tuesday. Thank you, Canada. Yeah, thanks for the smudge, Canada. Oh, Canada, thank smudged. you. Smudged. But their most powerful cedar. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That grandfather cedar. <laughs> <laughs> From the mountains of Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, little big man. Oh, Canada. Oh, now I'm about to say homework. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm grateful for is that Denver Nuggets swept the Lakers. Oh hey, hey. Oh my god! I got a kick out of my dad the other night when I I had dinner with him. And yeah, what did he say? He said, uh, "He goes, I'm glad the Lakers lost. Goes, I'm tired of LeBron. <laughs> All he does is cry around. You barely touch him, and you." <laughs> See, but but like, but, 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 but you know, like my dad, the way he is, is yeah. like he's not. He seems like he's not trying to be funny. He's like a real dry sense of humor. Oh yeah, but the way he does things, it just cracks you up. It's like, oh, this guy, man. <laughs> he's a crybaby. <laughs> Can't even brush him, and he. <laughs> See, man, look at that. Even seventy-year-old <clears throat> man. He made me laugh. Yeah. No, yeah, it was good. I was I was shocked actually that the Denver Nuggets swept them. You watch any basketball? Nope. Not I don't know you don't watch TV, huh? Nope. She's a reader. She's a she reader. reader. She'll she'll read the box score. She's LG, time. she plays basketball. Oh, she, she plays ball. Don't watch. She don't watch. She <laughs> takes you reach, I teach. Yeah. It's LGs. That's LG, what she says. Lots of grass Indians. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you what are you reading right now? I'm reading a book called Breath. Okay. Breath. Yep. And that is about I'm assuming. Breath? Breathing. 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 Okay. Breathing to help reduce anxiety, take care of your sleep apnea. That's like one lose of the weight. Like when I first started walking on the red road, that was one of the first things I started reading about or that one of the books that actually came to me. And it wasn't like probably like as comprehensive as the one you're reading. But that's where I first, you know, like um all the different kinds of like breathing. That's where I learned that al- alternate nostril one too. Um and then there was like this one that's power power breathing or whatever it's called, but you can't really you don't power breathing. How do you do power breathing? Well, I know it's like pretty aggressive. So like, like Lamont, <sighs> like you know, like really. So like, your, do you do it what? to like feel power? Yeah, it gives you like energy, but like oh, okay, it, it, it basically like if you do it wrong, you could like. Hyperventilate. hyperventilate yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have so you ever done that though? Like hyperventilate? No, no, not hyperventilate. <laughs> but you know, like the power breathing. I- oh yeah, when I read about it, I tried it, and and but I think it's for more of a, a energy boost and kind of like so you can have a little. But I was stuck in I was stationary at the time, so kind of like pumping yourself up, huh? Yeah. yeah. But there's a there's a proper way to do it. Like, okay. And I can't okay. really remember what it said, so I'm not gonna. Start popping off and have, breathe. have all our listeners passing out while they're listening to <laughs> Did you, uh, have you covered the power breathing chapter yet? It was in there, yep. Oh, okay, so do you oh, remember yeah. like proper technique or how to do it or? No, I didn't get to the technique part yet. Oh, okay. Just kind of some of the benefits of it. And yeah, it does alter the mental state. 
Oh, I bet. That's what it says. Because I kind of do something similar. Like, if I'm sitting in my office and, you know, you get that 2.30 feeling, you start getting tired. Yeah. Like, I'll just start taking, like, deep breaths. But I'll count them out. So, it's, like, either, like, so, like, modulated breathing. I do that a lot for, anyway. So, I'll breathe in three seconds and I'll exhale for three. And I'll keep it the same. But, like, deep breaths. And then, like, then usually I'm, like, awake. And then I quit yawning and stuff. So, is that, I like, is that kind of, like, power breathing or... Different. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I think it's more of a, you know, it's really a concentrated effort, mm. and to get all that oxygen in there, and then let it. Do you get tired when you do it? No, it's the opposite. It energizes you. You should, be, you should be able to, you know, get. So it's kind of like taking a cold shower, then. I, no, no, I guess so, because like you can be tired. Like the way I figure, you can be tired and get out of a cold shower, and then you'll be. As soon as you warm up again, you get tired again. Yeah. But I think this is just a little more sustainable. Okay. Makes sense. Hmm. But, yeah, I was really interested in it because there was just, like, box breathing and uh, what is the other one? Like, four, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So. What's was, box breathing? It's basically four seconds in, hold it for four, four seconds out, hold it for four. Um, that's what the Navy SEALs do. Okay. Yeah. There's a, that's modulated breathing, too, another form of it. So you that would his would be triangle breathing then, the three seconds. Uh, I've or never heard the term, but yeah, I guess so. Triangle <laughs> offense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that understood that. Joke. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> it was hardy har, hardy har har har. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> but there's, there's yeah, like like uh, another thing I turn I. Um, or a word that I learned too was the vagus nerve and how that works. It's pretty cool, like the mind hacks. Mm-hmm. And then. Well, what's the vagus <laughs> nerve then? Like a nerve that goes, I think it starts in your brainstem, right? And it goes all the way down and it goes throughout your body. Uh-huh. But like if you can stimulate it with your um, diaphragm uh-huh. and then it has a calming effect. Oh, how do you stimulate with the diaphragm? Well, you breathe, you do diaphragm breathing. Like, okay, so. There's two different kinds. You can do like your chest, like if you're if you're breathing. Okay, if you take a deep breath in, and your chest expands, yeah, that's fight or flight. Yeah, yeah. But if you do breathe in and your stomach expands, that's a relaxed state. Like, okay. So yeah, what yeah. you want to focus on? Letting your tummy come out. Yeah, instead of your shoulders like going if, up. They said if you look at a baby, you were talking about babies earlier when mm-hmm. they're breathing, like when they're sleeping or or uh, puppies. Uh huh. Like they're they're when they're breathing, their belly. Yeah, that's how, that's how, I mean, that's the natural, most natural way to breathe, right? Yeah, so like if you, the, the way they said it, if you take a deep breath in and your body rises, then that's wrong. But if your body goes outward, yeah, that's good. Mm. From the diaphragm, remember on Sister Act? <laughs> or when she's singing though, right? Because like when you're singing too, that's where you want to come from is your diaphragm. And push so, that up. Not from the bellows. Yeah. Yeah. So humming and singing also stimulates the vagus. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh humming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, like um, <laughs> even like whistling too, because I it stimulates the vagus nerve, but it also kind of forces you to breathe out more than you're breathing in. I like a prolonged. Oh yeah, yeah. Just don't whistle at night. Oh yeah, never. Yeah. Your face is going to get betwixt. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that word in, in decades. 
there's a um, one of those little short videos on on the internet that where they say that. Oh, do they? Yeah. Really? So, yeah. but jokes no, means like your face uh, crooked. Crooked, <laughs> but jokes. <laughs> <laughs> the guy actually who made our uh, intro is the creator of that video. Oh, is it? Yeah, he's part of so he's like looking outside and he, you know, and mm-hmm. then his mom in the background, don't, I told you, don't be looking out the window. Your face can get but trucks. <laughs> I thought you could do that but to your friends by slapping them on the back and yeah, then yeah. your face gets stuck that way. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That like urban legend when we were growing up. Um, So you guys ready for a little trivia? Yes. You ready to get Let's, trivia? Let's do this. Let's get trivia. <laughs> oh, isn't that your song? No, physical. Oh, physical. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you always used to sing trivia. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go. I got this app. I got to hit this button and it's going to pick a random category. And then I'll ask you guys. It's multiple choice. So wait for me to read. The multiple choice. Why are you looking at me? I know. I was looking at both of you guys. Because you guys are like, car, fire, hot dogs. Man, the game runner. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even finish the question. So, okay, sports, category sports. Baseball. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which is the silent stroke of swimming? The backstroke, butterfly, breaststroke, freestyle. Silent? Silent. Butterfly. Silent. Yeah, it's the butterfly Silent. like this, right? No, it's. Or no, it's a uh, uh, breaststroke. No, it's the butterfly. The one where they go like this way. Why is dog paddle not an option? <laughs> I know, man. I know. <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> There's a timer on here. Oh. It doesn't get to. There's a timer, so you guys got to think quick. Oh, what was the answer? I don't, I don't know. know. It just cut off. It just cut off. Ah, man. I'm, I'm sure. Now there's an advertisement. Boo. This game sucks. <laughs> 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 okay, we're going to try it again. So think quickly. Think on your feet, as they say. We're sitting down. I know, but put your feet on the ground. Put your feet on the ground? Yeah. Think on your feet. All right, the genre is, oh, it's sports again. Which of these teams is located in Europe? Uh, Juventus, Barcelona, all of them, Rio Madrid. Uh, uh, The second one. Barcelona. Barcelona. She said all of them. I'm going to go with all of them. Correct. Really? All of them? Yeah. What was the last one you said? Rio? Something Madrid. Oh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Mm, man, if you would have said it right, I'd have got it. <laughs> <laughs> I did say it right. If you would have heard it right. <laughs> what is going on here? I'm I don't sorry. Know. Okay, which country was originally used to house criminals? Australia, Cuba, Madagascar, Ireland. Australia. Okay, anybody else agree with that? Australia. Australia. All right, Australia for 100. Correct. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was giving you the thumbs up. Good answer. That's no. good answer. All right, science. <laughs> what is the pH of pure water? Pure? 12, zero, seven, one. 12. Seven. Pure. Pure. Seven, yeah. 
Neutral. So we got two sevens. We'll go a seven for 100. Correct. There's no the pH balance. It does start at seven. Huh? It probably doesn't taste like anything. So what is the eight? Like when it goes higher, like eight and nine, like what do those mean? Uh, I think the higher the number, the more alkaline. Yeah, and then the lower is more. What acidic. color is Dora? Dora the Explorer's backpack: purple, orange, blue, or pink? Blue. Oh, purple, we got one pink. blue, purple, oh, pink. 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 Uh, which one? Hurry. Pink. pink. Blue is pink. 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 It's orange, but I'll go with pink. Oh, it's purple. Oh. oh did you say Who purple? said purple? Yeah, I said purple. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. I didn't say purple. Oh. I, I think pink. you did. I thought you no, did I, say purple. Did I say pink? No, did I say purple? purple. Did I, I say pink? pink? No, I said blue. No, I said blue. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I said blue. Well, oh. we can always find out. Blue but yeah, I said purple, though. Make purple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah blue and pink purple. make purple. Blue and pink make purple. Swiper, no swiping. Swipe. Swiper, no swiping. I don't know. what This game, like, goes all... Backpack, backpack. I have to go... Like, kicks me all the way out, and then I have to come all the way back in. Boo. How much did you pay for that? Zero. <laughs> hey, get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, get what you pay for. Okay, entertainment. Let's continue. What is going on? Uh, who was Cher's other have? Was it Sonny or Sonny? Chastity Sammy. Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono. So is it like S O N or S U N? O N. Correct. Man, did we just all date ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. But everybody knows that. I wonder how. Sonny Bono. I wonder what the like age cutoff line is before you start. History. You remember that song? Um, shoot. Who is this person? Take a look. That's Castro. Is it Ernesto Guevara, Johnny Depp, Leon Trotsky, or Camilo Cifuegos? No, the first one then. Camilo Cifuegos. Ernesto. Ernesto. Ah, time's up. It's too slow. Uh, I guess we'll never know. It was know. a nurse. Man, I don't like this. What did they give us? Like two seconds? I don't know. There's like all these ads and it's terrible. I was playing it earlier and I was like, oh, this is cool. But you use this up all the free stuff. I, I probably did. That's why they're giving you all the ads now because they got to. They got me hooked. Somehow, yeah. They got me hooked. Um, Let's do a couple more and then. Oh, uninstall this app. Piece of crap. Hmm. That rhymes. Okay, now it's asking me to watch the video. Yeah. Well. Well, that's that. Well. Wow. Um, should we tell a story? Let's tell a story. Yeah. That was a, that was a flop. What did we get? Like two right anyway. Something. Two right, and we timed out a few times. <laughs> yeah, you guys are too busy arguing. So we'll um, <laughs> we'll we'll tell a story. We'll we'll pick a premise, and then we'll each say a sentence. Like we'll go around the horn. Randy always starts us off. Then it'll be you, LG. Okay. And then your favorite Indian. Now, so you should be good at this. Yeah. So there's just like total improv. Um, let's see. We're heading to Stewart Park for a softball game. Anybody else want to throw something in there for a premise? Right after it rained. Right after it rained. Okay. Anything else? Okay. So that's our premise. We're going to Stewart Park for a softball game after it rained. Is it co-ed or is it? (laughs) (laughs) 
Is there a beer garden? <laughs> is it a weekend? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> it's uh, Thursday afternoon, and I was driving to Stork Park right after it rained. The streets were all full of downed leaves. And I was driving crazy to avoid the branches. And one of the branches just reminded me of her. (laughs) And all of a sudden, that telephone pole. (laughs) Jumped out in front of my car. (laughs) And that's when I knew it was her. And I knew she was using medicine. (laughs) And my brakes were still working. (laughs) Something was... Something was in the way, though. I couldn't tell what it was, so I turned on the fog lights. Here, hanging from a tree, was her hoodie. (laughs) And I just started missing her. (laughs) So I stopped to smell it. (laughs) (laughs) And when I did, I said... That's her. (laughs) I remember that smell of Newports anywhere. And all of a sudden I could breathe. (laughs) But there was another scent. And I couldn't quite place it, so I sniffed again. And here was fried bologna. (laughs) And I got real mad. (laughs) So I grabbed it from the tree. And I shook it up real hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I said, who is she eating fried bologna with, damn it? As I hit the bottom of the can of Spam. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd the Spam come from, man? I'm on some. You guys said bologna. (laughs) Got Spam right away. That's a wrap. That was good round. That was good round. I was going to wonder how she chose the bologna over the spam. I know. I know. See, because we're spam eaters. <laughs> Cheating on us with a bologna eater. Exactly who she is, because it, no matter what happens, we always end up talking about her. I know. Yeah, she's just. The one that got away. She's got away. <laughs> you know that implies escape? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or did you let her go? Yeah, that's why she threw her hoodie up on the train. I don't know. It was the one I got her at Crow Fair. She threw me off. Yeah, snaking <laughs> to a whole new level. Yep. Randy got distracted by the thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> he was listening to Garth Brooks in the living room. She got away. <laughs> and the thunder rolls. When yeah. thunder rolls. <laughs> you just blasting, singing along. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah uh-huh. Well, you yeah, know, she, she, she shoots him in the end, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> there's some pretty, Such is life. There's some pretty dark country songs out there if you listen to the lyrics. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you guys feeling warmed up? You feeling warmed up there? LG? For sure. I never I never put that together. Your initials, LG. I got that first thing. Well? Yeah. I didn't even think LG. of that. Oh, Jesus. Because he's from Lodgegrass, and we always say, oh, Jesus. It'd be like, Lacey T. No, I'm just kidding. 
LT. Right on. So you, all right, guys, let's do this. Uh, so DJ, let's get into the main topic. Let's go. So DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're Unspoken Words, episode 135, and we got LG Lacey Gonzalez in the house. You are the program director. Correct. Of the Tribal Opioid Response, and that is just uh, like a department section of Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders, correct? Correct. Right you on. have to say the whole thing, Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Tribal Opioid Response Program. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, say that. Let's try it. Okay, Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Tribal Opioid Response Program. Nice. So First try. TORP. Two-year funded SAMHSA grant. Two-year funded SAMHSA grant. Um, but the P is silent, right? The P is silent. TORP. <laughs> TORP. No TORPs. No TORPs. No TORPs. Just TORP. Right on. So, um... Tell us, just let's begin with, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you hail from, and how you ended up at Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders. All right. Well, I'm originally from Mile City. Mm -hmm. Grew up there in Mile City, moved to Billings when I was in the fifth grade, and I spent all but three years of my life in Billings. Oh, yeah. Spent three years on the East Coast in Virginia. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Have you noticed that uh, natives, when we say Mile City, we say Mile Shitty? (laughs) You notice that? Is kind of. Yeah. But do you, do you know, I mean, we just, because of our accent, we say mile shitty. <laughs> we say, you guys never noticed that? Uh-uh. We say, when we say city, we say shitty. Okay. I noticed that a lot. Miles, yeah, okay. Like park shitty. It is, yeah. Park shitty. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Kind of like schmedium. Yeah. Schmedium. We say shitty. Schmelmo. And then my, my son was the one who recognized that and told me, and then I started hearing it. You, 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 Because he's like. You said a bad word. Because <laughs> yeah. he said he, he was laughing every time we we're talking about going to watch. Oh, I was talking about his last uh, eighth grade game. And it was in Mouse City. And then I, he kept laughing every time I said Mouse City. And I said, why do you keep laughing? And he said, because it sounds like you're saying shitty. And I was like, oh. He's like, hmm. he's like a lot of natives do that. And I was like, what? So then I've done ever since then I started recognizing it. When people native I, say city were saying shitty. Yeah. Honestly didn't even Or you just blend it, it together, Mile Shitty. Yeah, yeah. Mile Shitty. Mile Shitty. One word. I, that, like, that one I could hear yeah. right off the bat, but did, what you just said, I didn't notice it. Well, I'll, I'll probably hear it now. It's yeah. kinda yeah. like the FedEx thing, right? Like you never notice that oh, yeah, sign in there, but mm-hmm. then after you see it, then you like that's all you see. You can't unhear it now. Yeah. Yep. Thanks Which, for that. Thank you. Uh huh. Thank yep. you. So now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> so do you want to tell us about the opioid tribal opioid response? Like, what is like the? I mean, what are you guys trying to do? Like, what is what is it for? Sure. So the tribal opioid response program, as I said, is a two-year funded SAMHSA grant, Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration grant that's focused on combating the opioid and stimulant epidemic, particularly in Indian country. And the Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Tribal Opioid Response Program is focused on the urban Indian population across Montana and helping to reduce the prevalence of opioid and stimulant use. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're not, I mean, even though you're based here in Billings, like you can go do something in Missoula for that population or even on the reservations? Yes and no. We, I mean, urban, I'm sorry, like. We do some work with the, with the reservation population, but through the Urban Indian Health Centers, um, we work with them to provide the same services prevention activities for the community, recovery oh, okay. services for individuals in recovery, training opportunities for both the community and staff. All right on. Is so, that, so when you say like um, uh, recovery opportunities, what, what would that include? Sober activities oh, okay. to help people that are going through the recovery process just have positive activities to focus on and keep them out of that environment that got them that they were yeah you know, yeah yeah part of is their other alter their other alternate alternative identity we're trying to give them a new identity you know help them find that new identity oh. as a person in recovery okay break away from that old mm-hmm. substance use identity yeah does that provide like training for the general public or do they have to be like addicted to opioid uh specifically and, yeah yeah specifically no, I mean, that's the focus of the grant, but we're not going to turn anybody away and say, oh, no, you're addicted to... You're just a drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a drunk, you can't be in this, because, <laughs> no, we have to, we help everybody, and there is a lot of polysubstance use, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's all prevention. Trying to Trying to make more effect, though, at the community level and have that community support, especially for the urban population that might not have those cultural connections to their tribal community or their reservation community. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I I think that's one of the, for me, that was one of the most important things was getting that cultural identity back because I grew up with it, and somewhere along the way, I didn't lose it i just kicked it to the side and i replaced it with something else Mm -hmm. and then getting back into that i think because i always said you know these guys heard me say before is that those two things can't coexist in the same space at all Mm -hmm. like it's either one or the other Mm -hmm. and i've seen people who have tried to toe that line you know do that little balancing act, but it doesn't work it's usually more geared towards the negative and the positive traditional side is kind of a a facade, if you will. Mm. But to go fully into it, I think is just, that's, for me, personally, that was the way to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, What are, I don't know, like, is there, like, numbers as far as, like, the opioid epidemic as far as uh, natives go? Um, Is there anything, like, on hand that you know? In my office, oh, no. <laughs> I have all the numbers. <laughs> I should have brought them with me. Oh, no, that's fine. But the incidence for overdoses for general substance use is more prevalent among the Native American population mm-hmm. than it is among non-Natives. So, so like per capita then? Mm-hmm. Like Percentage. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Are you finding like more and more like, <clears throat> I guess like suicides are by, you know, pills and stuff or... Um, I know when I worked in suicide prevention, a lot of it was like firearms and um, like hanging themselves and stuff. But mm-hmm. I didn't know if there's like a, in from working in this field, if there's any kind of like ev- an, evidence of people using more pills and stuff. Like an intentional overdose? You know, I think that might be hard to track down. 
those intentional overdoses mm-hmm. versus I mean suicide with a a weapon is definitely oh, intentional yeah. but yep. cuz um, it would be hard to gauge right like what was this person going through at that time mm-hmm. especially so. with opioids because it's like with the influx of like fentanyl right mm-hmm. um basically with what I from what I understand when people are utilizing fentanyl it's hard to tell how much they can take and still be safe. Yeah. Which is why I asked, like, the awareness, right? Like, are we, like, is that, like, making things available for them? Or is it, because I've heard, like, I don't know, maybe you can confirm, too, like, the ni- like it's, like, 90% of the meth out there is tainted with fentanyl. I haven't heard that high of a number, but more and more it is becoming prevalent in the meth supply. I've even heard of marijuana laced with fentanyl. Oh, yeah. Lots of fake pills. Yeah, I just heard, like, what was it in the fall on our reservation? There's some kids that, you know, got some weed and smoked it, and they didn't know it was laced with fentanyl. Where at? Yeah, overdose. LG. Yeah, so, the, yeah, there was, an, and I'm also uh, connected to somebody who, like, she just smoked a joint, and she didn't make it. Oh. oh. Because that was all she did um, was weed. Not, not you know, diminishing anything, but, like, that's all she did, and she was with a group of friends, and they smoked a joint, and she ended up losing her life that night. Oh, my goodness. Dang. Yeah. Which is, like, it's crazy because I've also heard of this thing called ISO. I don't know if you've heard of it. I haven't heard of that one yet. So it's, like, out there in, like, China moving its way to the East Coast, and it's, like, 10,000 times stronger than fentanyl. Dang. Where it's, like, two, um, what, what, what is it that, um, that can cause the death for somebody, like, for us that aren't? Um, how many gra- are grains? It's like, it's two, like two micrograms. Yeah. It's really small. Yeah. If you touch it or you smell it, it and you're not, like, you don't have a tolerance for it, like, it can kill you. I've also had a, I, like, I've had a client who was locked up for a long time, got out on a Friday, made it to Saturday, but Sunday morning by 8 o'clock it called the, um, su- uh, not suicide, but 911. Mm-hmm. And it, the six minute ride, like they were, like he was expired already. Wow. Whoa. Which is like, it's, it's like, man, like, a, a, your work is tough. It's really potent. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, but sorry. But I was just thinking because now, like, when I walk downtown or, or when I go and I see people and, and it's like more, it's happening more and more. Mm-hmm. People are sitting there nodding out. Mm hmm. Um, which is scary. Yeah. Because it's like, these are loved ones and they're playing Russian roulette. True. You know, like, but I've heard, like I've been kind of, like I was watching some stuff, but this guy was like, I know, like it's lethal, but it feels good. You know what I mean? Like he feels like whatever, but like, it's like, how do we, I don't know. It's tough. Well, and it's really tough when they, eventually it gets to the point where it's not even about feeling good. It's just about avoiding feeling sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then it is a true physical need. Is that um, detox, is that fatal? Not for opioids. I think it can just be really unpleasant. Really terrible. Yeah. So when, just kind of shift gears on, when I was, uh, I was working at a local treatment facility in the adolescent house. And two of the last group of kids that were there when I, my last like month there, 
uh, two of the boys, like, <clears throat> their drug of choice was, like, heroin. Um, I was seeing that a lot in Indian country, native country here in Montana, or to your knowledge. I think it's still primarily meth, but then, you know, mm-hmm. it's noted fentanyl's creeping into everything, and mm-hmm. heroin is certainly cheaper than pills. Yeah. But so it's here, but... Fentanyl's cheaper than heroin. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a lot more potent, so you need And just you a can little, make it, yeah. right? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it has to come from China's sending it to Mexico, and then okay. they're filtering it up here is my understanding. Our mm. program really doesn't dive too deep into the actual issues that are being caused by yeah. the yeah. substances. We're really trying to promote more prevention and st- stop it before it starts. Yes. Yeah. Some of that's certainly difficult when it's intergenerational and it's families that are, that's their thing they do together. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, definitely. It's scary. Like, I've, <clears throat> I've had numerous conversations with my 14-year-old. It's like, because <clears throat> I know that's when a lot of the social peer pressure to do stuff Fourteen, you know, mm-hmm. fourteen. I remember going back then. Like, I mean, like when we were coming up, like our, like for me, I didn't, I never drank or anything until I was fourteen. But some of my friends and like some of my cousins' relatives that I grew up with, they, they were drinking and stuff at like twelve, smoking yeah. weed at ten, eleven years old, and um, we're still doing it today. Yeah, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, and then that just being in that environment, like trying to hang out or. They were already doing it, so there's that social pressure. So I've, you know, had definitely. So I've been talking to my son, like, "Hey, you, you better not even like try anything because we don't even know what's out there." It's like even more scarier today. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say on that note. Um, so, <laughs> full disclosure, Dare worked super well for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah. Yeah. I know. I heard like the program overall was a big flop. Yeah. But Dare worked really good for me. My dad was a Vietnam vet and mm. you know, I saw him smoking marijuana all the time and being like you know, goofy and this yeah. was when, you know, marijuana was really just grass, which yeah. we all know it's not now. But I just never wanted to be that way. Anyway, that worked really well for me, so I don't have mm, any personal issues or experience with substance use. Yeah. Um our substance abuse. Substance abuse. Um, yeah. So you're normal. Never was a drinker, never was a smoker. Um, so you're what we call a normie. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly no, had uh, mental health issues, uh, was sexually abused as a child, mm-hmm. and attempted suicide my freshman year of high school, but somehow I managed to avoid going down the substance misuse path. But. Um, so my, I work for Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council, but before that I worked in the fitness industry Mm -hmm. and have, um, training and degrees in holistic wellness. And so I bring that to the table with my tribal opioid response work and address what's the problem here? What's, what's the real problem? The drug use is just a symptom of a greater underlying problem. And so with our, Prevention work, we're really focusing on, as JC said, like finding that identity and people don't have a purpose anymore. 
Mm. Like in our communities, mm. we used mm. to have mm. a purpose. You knew what your role was in your community, and that gave you meaning in life. And yeah. that's been lost. And so we're through our activities. We're just trying to help people, you know, find that identity, find that purpose. So, what are the some of the activities, or what are some of the things that you guys are doing? We have done a lot of community activities that focus on bringing people together and making those connections so people have community connections. We've primarily done it through crafting activities, ribbon skirts, beading, quill work. We've done dream catchers, medicinal balms, ledger art, small intimate gatherings. And then we've done bigger events. We've done a couple round dances, um, I emceed one of your round dances. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. Yep. Josiah emceed one of our round dances, and we partner with um, MSU Billings Native American Achievement Center and their student student body to do activities, and we helped out with the masquerade dance. And oh, yeah. Just anything we can do to support sober activities, you know, to help people on the recovery journey, but also just help give people positive things to do and form those relationships at the community level. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. I mean, <clears throat> and you know, thank you for sponsoring or helping, uh, collaborating on the masquerade clown dance. We're going to definitely do it again this year. Um, <clears throat> so at these events, like the ribbon skirt making the ledger art, you're able to sit down with some people and like visit, um, anything, any kind of testimonials from that? Yeah, there's always some people that want to visit. When we did the first quill work class, I think, there was a woman that stood up and she said, she said, I normally go out drinking on Friday nights, but I didn't go out drinking because I wanted to show up and learn this with a clear mind. Awesome. On Saturday uh-huh. morning, so... Yeah, that was really oh, okay. kind of powerful to hear. Like, yeah, that but is. she says, I, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all say. You know, but I, like, well, I usually am But and then we did we did one a beating event with the MSU Billings Native American Achievement Center, and this was the students led this event. We just provided materials and back backup support, and it, they're always open to everybody. And there was a small family that had come, a mom and her children, and one of the college students was working with the children, and she later told me that those, one of those little kids, they were probably like seven and eight, told her, no one's this nice to me at home. Oh, man. So that was really, like, maybe we can plant a seed in those little kids, then they can remember that one time that somebody took time with them, and help them learn an activity and was just nice to them. Yeah. That's powerful. That's awesome. It it's easy to track, you know, how many overdoses did we reverse with Narcan or how many people we got in recovery. I don't think we would we could ever track how many people we kept from ever starting in the first place. Ooh, yeah. Or maybe they experimented and then they were like, No, this isn't who I am. Like I can't be the person I want to be if I'm doing substances. I can't be a dancer. I can't do good bead work or mm. can't be a good relative, take care of my family if I'm using. And so maybe they'll... And that That's was, my hope. Maybe that's too lofty. I don't know, but... No, I think it's awesome that you have that hope because traditionally and historically, like, natives were pure, right? Like, we, we lived a life of purity. Mm-hmm. And for 
you guys to be facilitating that connection, like, man, that's so awesome, bro. Yeah. Like, like, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't think it could be too lofty. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause like for me starting this, this podcast, you know, how you always hear people say, well, reason why I'm doing this, if I can just help one person, but I never thought like that. Like, I mean, I want to help them all as many people as I can get to. Like, I don't care if you're just starting out, if you already went down that road and made some mistakes, like stop, like, you know, mm-hmm. cause I can tell I can, I can show you that it's possible. And so, you know, this mindset coming from what can I do and I have to do something, right? Like, so I just keep going forward and, and, and uh, come to find out there's a lot of people that contact us and say, yeah, you're keeping me sober. Oh, that's excellent. And so like, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, like, okay. So it, I don't think that that could be too lofty. It's like, especially when you when you when when you think about it, it's like we never really truly know like how many people we can help just by speaking out, just by holding those events, just by being kind to someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like just on 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 a random day, like we don't know, we'll never know, but I do. Uh, one thing I do know is that it does work. It's got to because, I mean, it's it just, it's hard to quantify, but I don't think we need that ultimately. Just the faith and understanding to know that it's making a difference, at least for some of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as you, uh, I'd like to say, man, I, I got to them all. I don't know if that's realistic, but it's not going to stop me from trying. But they have to want it too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, but oh, yeah. if you're available, like if the resources are there and people want them, it that's when like the magic happens. And uh, somebody once told me too is like you can't give up on anybody because you'll never know when what you say and when you say it might just click. Mm-hmm. Like it just might be the one. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were behind me here. Let me open, hold the door. That might be the one thing. Somebody was kind to me today, and then that just kind of snowballs into all this other stuff that they're thinking about. And then, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of shooting no. off, shooting from the hip here. But, you know, I mean, it could be anything. And so, I mean, I I try to think of it like that. So I'm a big quote person because, the, like, they're little small reminders of, and you you don't need a great memory to remember them. So I have these on my forearms. Okay. Stop being who you were, become who you are. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then on my ribs, I can't show you that one, but on my ribs, <laughs> I have, I never, it's never too late to be what you might have been. Right on. Come on. That's awesome. So, exactly. like what you said, like you just never know when <laughs> what you say might be the thing at the right time that somebody needs to hear or experience, and it's the tipping point yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and that's like a like a huge part of uh, recovery that <clears throat> that was so I guess motivational for me. Like someone sat me down and like was like, "Hey, look at it. Look at you know walking the red road, uh, being in recovery as an opportunity to become that person you've always wanted to be." And I was just like, Whoa. "Man, I got chills," and I was just like, "All right, all right, yeah, cool, man. I I like that." I like that a lot, and that's what I'm going to shoot for. And that's what I shoot for every day, you know, in my recovery. <clears throat> and I think people forget that you get to make that choice every day. Oh, yeah. Multiple times during the day. Mm-hmm. 
So even if you make a mistake, the next moment you still get to the opportunity to make a different choice. Yeah, a different mistake. No, I'm just <laughs> and and, and kind of something <laughs> that goes hand in hand with that is, um, I always say, you know, it's never too late to start over, mm-hmm. start your day over. Like you could have yeah. a bad morning, and you say, "All right, that was okay." From here on out, I'm going to start over. And you know, and I think that it holds true for a lot of things that we do. You know, you because we do have that choice, and for the longest time, I didn't realize that. I thought once I felt bad, I had to feel bad. Mm. Or I felt guilty, I had to feel guilty. Or ashamed. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. I thought I had to be like that. I thought that's just the way it was. And come to find out that I have a choice. Okay, I went through that. That happened. Now let it go. Let that pass. And then now we can start over. So you could use your alternate nasal Alter- breathing oh, yeah, yeah. and like remind yourself, like give yourself a little grace. There you to, go. To be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's one of the toughest things that I had to learn, too, was giving myself grace. Mm-hmm. Being nice to yourself. Yeah. And so it's one of the things I always say to people nowadays, be kind to yourself. And a lot of what I say to other people, it's kind of that reminder to myself, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can pass on a little kindness to somebody, and I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking, okay, that applies to me, too. So don't forget that. So... Kind of talking to you and me. The best way to learn is to try to teach somebody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. That sure. kind of that solidifies it in your brain. Well, you know, you coach. Yeah. Like, the best way to, to have those athletes learn is to have them try to teach somebody else. And you mm-hmm. have to really stop and think about what you're doing and why. No. That's crazy because, like, I just, I felt like you're reading the mail. But on Tuesday, that's what I was doing with one of the boxers. Mm-hmm. Was like captains is like, okay, like it's an honor to be inside that ring and lead your teammates. So what we've been trying to, or what I've been trying to implement in my time there is like, hey, we're a team. Let's be one, right? Like count off one, two, but also took this young man like, hey, um, before we started was like the six that were in there. was like, hey, if you guys stop, then you have to come out here with me. Like when these guys that aren't, that don't know what they're doing and they need direction, they're looking at you. So if you're slacking, mm. you gotta, you know, you gotta step out, because I feel like we have to lead by example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also to talk about another point that you you were talking about, and the thing that I thought about was writing. It's never about you and I. It's always about the reader. Mm-hmm. Mm. And in, in the way that we approach like your work, it's like it's not about us, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more about how can we be of service to this community. You might not be looking for this opportunity right now, but I'm here to let you know that my door is open mm-hmm. when, should you knock, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's really, I feel like, is all we can do uh, for people that I, I would say we have big hearts here. You know, like, obviously we do because that's the type of work we chose to be involved in. Um, yeah, so it's, those are just my thoughts. Yeah, right on. And... <clears throat> And I know, like, with the school district, too, Indian Ed Department, you help support them and their, like, their beating of their caps. Mm-hmm. And we got commencement, graduation ceremonies going on. This, Are you able to actually, like, interact with the kids? Do you go and, like, check on their progress, or you just kind of buy the supplies? And We did both. So we okay. provided the supplies, the beating supplies for the students. The school provided the caps, and then... 
the the tour staff took turns. They had designated evenings over oh, okay. at the Lincoln Center, and the yeah. tour staff took turns going over and helping. Nice. How was with that? The instruction. That, it was good. Just being in that atmosphere and that yeah. excitement for them. Because well, that's a huge like representation. And there was like that went to the state. You know, I remember my my niece was like a junior, I think, when that about five, six, seven years ago, like <clears throat> it passed at the state level so that Native students could wear beaded hats, beaded caps mm. and feathers on there, and they could even wear their regalia, <laughs> wear their outfit. He hates that word, regalia. Yeah. Um, but they could wear their outfits during the graduation ceremonies without any. And it's a state law? It's a state law. Like they, Nobody can come against it at all. They're still fighting for that. Have other, they made attempts? Other yeah. states. Like I just read a story about this young lady who they physically removed her I plume. I read that story, yeah. They removed it for her. They removed her plume off of her, what do they call those? Caps. The cap, yeah. I think I read well, that same they call story. It. They she call was it like Osage. A, like a mortar boat or something. Oh. Mortarboard? Mortarboard, yeah. yeah. Uh, Is that kind of like the, oh man, that's crazy, huh? So I've read of, yeah, they cut like, so they cut this young man's dreads off. In New Jersey, mm-hmm. about a year or two ago, but that's kind of like the same thing, huh? Yeah, and uh, that's even then too, like that right there. If if they forcibly remove your hair, that's traumatic. Oh yeah, like for for native. Well, I don't. I can't speak for the the person you're thinking you're thinking of, but I have to assume that it's the same thing. Yeah, but no. For natives, like when they, when they when if you cut your hair like that, oh, without yeah. going through the proper steps, if you don't want to cut your hair, especially yeah. if you don't want to, yeah, and they yeah. force you to. Yeah, and then, you know, but the, because, you know, in our way, and I know a lot of tribes are different, but in our way, there's a certain way that you go about it, even if you chose to do it. Otherwise, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, you know, it's like an extension of your, your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's really, really, really traumatic. Mm-hmm. That cutting edge. That hurts. Because, like, like, when I hear about that, things like that, you know, it just, it hits me on a deeper level. Yeah. Because that is just, it's, I'm not going to compare it to any other type of uh, personal crime on a person, but it's up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think <clears throat> people weaponize it. I mean, especially like the boarding school era. That's the first thing they did to those native kids, cut their hair as soon as they got mm-hmm. there. They didn't want them, their hair cut. What I like about working with the School District 2 program also is they're open to anyone who identifies as Native. Mm, mm-hmm. So that group that um, has some Native American ancestry, but maybe they're not enrollable and then mm. they don't know how to fit in, yeah. at least they have a place where they can feel welcome and part of a community. Yeah. Or maybe those kids that are foster kids and they don't know anything about their Native culture because... They've been foster kids who are adopted, and they live with non-native parents. They still mm-hmm. have an outlet, yeah, somewhere to, to identify connect. with. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So. And through that, I'm <clears throat> I'm just assuming, but like your tour program that uh, you guys probably preached, uh, culture is prevention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's if you're implementing those cultural teachings and living that out in a good way, like yeah, you're definitely not gonna. I mean, it's proven. That Project Venture. I don't know if you heard of that. I did that training. I haven't. Um, but that's all. Like, one thing they were, 
they're having like this was down south and they created this program where they just implemented a lot of cultural teachings and then it all built up over the school year and then they do, do an outing like a week-long camping trip and they just kept doing that and like the byproduct of them doing this program was like suicides went down mm-hmm. substance abuse went down within teenagers in these communities well, it's, it's all that mental health. Oh, yeah. You, I don't think anyone uses substances without having a mental health issue of some kind. Sure, yeah. Lack of coping skills. Lack of coping skills. And so I would, if I could reword this now, I mean, we have so many things marketed culture as prevention. I would say culture is connection. Mm. Connection is mm. prevention. There we go. You heard it here first. Say. Hey, that's going to be our model. Oh, no, yep. just kidding. Nope, that's yep. dope. Culture is connection. Connection is prevention. We're going to use that in our... Man, what that is that? Is good. Vision New statement. Preacher. Vision statement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got them. You got them. You got that down. Yeah. That, that, that's a good... That's, that's good. good. Yeah. yeah copy Culture that. is connection. Connection is prevention. Oh, that's awesome. Which is like... It goes down to that quote a couple, about a month or so ago was uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I'm stumped, man. I'm just like... That's good. That's I good. I want to go form a message. With, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Make no, a post. Should. Make we a should. post. You know, like. We should. Team be, up. Yeah, We're going to be selling bumper stickers, stickers t-shirts. We'll have yeah. t-shirts uh, available. Um, headbands. You can, can tattoo it on your neck. Earrings. <laughs> no red on the cheek. <laughs> no, those uh, temporary tattoos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Airbrush. Face. Did you ever see that Simpsons episode when they went to the kid's birthday party and. He had a tattoo artist there, and they thought it was fake tattoos. He goes, what do you mean, fake? <laughs> and that one little kid goes, I want kitty whiskers. And he's like, you got it. <laughs> and later on in the show, he was in the background, and he still had his whiskers. <laughs> I want kitty whiskers. Uh, I, I quit watching Simpsons a long time ago. I haven't, well, I haven't watched it as much as I used to, but, f- again, here we go to the same thing. Like, for some odd reason, these things just stick in my head. All right. What do you call them? Just useless knowledge. Useless, useless knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. But in a lot of it's pop culture too. Like like I watch a movie like twenty years ago, and I'll remember the lines out of it, and it just think about it, and it makes me laugh, or you know, I don't know. It's weird. Like I couldn't tell you what I learned in high school, mm-hmm. but I know that that little Ralphie Wiggum wanted kitty whiskers. But I know that movie. But <laughs> it was the episode. So well, the episode. Oh, here's your useless knowledge nugget for the day. It takes a chicken 28 hours to make an egg. 28 hours? 28 hours? 28 hours. That's it? Wow. That's your useless so knowledge nugget not, for the day. You're not getting one every day. No. Per se. Hmm. Yeah, every other day. Well, every day in a couple hours. If they're, if they're busy, if they're on it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I forgot what I was going to say. In my first life, I raised chickens, and so I have a lot of useless chicken knowledge. Oh, okay. (laughs) But that, if you're raising chickens, then it's not useless chicken knowledge. Yes? No. Okay. True. Well, you know what I'd say about that little white speck on chicken (laughs) shit. (laughs) Are they edible when their eggs come right out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are they still soft? I have had that happen. Oh, Every wow. once the shell in a while, part of it? they'll lay like a squishy one. Have you ever chased your chickens around? <laughs> I have. Have you? Are they fast? Very. 
Like to build speed, like Rocky like Balboa? Inten- yeah, intentionally or like... Well, then at some point they fly. Oh, <laughs> at some point they, they fly. They can jump and flap enough to like glide across. If them. you can yeah. catch a chicken, you can catch grease lightning. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need to borrow one for your boxing students, let me know. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, no, 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 no I there? think that's cool. Yeah, like get a chicken out there and have them, you know, it, you make it fun for them, right? Yeah, bring in the chicken. I'm yeah. going to level it up, though. I'm going to bring you one of my guinea fowl. Okay. And then they're worse. They're Are much they fast? faster. They're oh, very wow. fast. And they can fly. So. Okay. Oh, wow. I can do it. I'll ask the head coach first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the, I'm like the new, like one of the newest, and I don't, I'm learning my my way around. But Just throw it in there and say it worked for Rocky. Yeah. Worked for Rocky. I tried this yesterday. <laughs> How long? For about a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what about a minute? I was out of breath, though. Oh, you caught it in a minute? No, I quit after a minute. <laughs> Flew away. <laughs> the secret is, though, they can't see in the dark. So okay. as long as you turn uh, the lights on. Well, you can see in the dark? <laughs> You'll be good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the chicken. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They can't see in the dark. Ah, there's another piece yep. of knowledge. Hmm. So if that comes up on Jeopardy, final Jeopardy, boy, I'm, bet- I'm all in. Okay, yep. Can chickens see in the dark? No. No. What is no for 500, Alex? So, you guys are constantly, I know you guys are busy. They're very busy. Very busy. You guys got things going on. What? Someone's listening to the show and they're here in Billings area. What? What events? What? What things can they look forward to that's that your program is going to be hosting or facilitating this summer? Coming up quick, we've got some youth camps. We've got a series of day camps the week right of June 12th out at uh, Ranch at Prior Creek. Mm. We're going to do some cultural activities, some work with horses. Then we're going to take a day trip up to Chief Plenty Coos, do some activities up there. We're going to make hand drums as part of the camp. Right so on. you'll be able to take home your own hand drum at the end and a drumstick. Nice. And then we're doing another camp up in Fort Belknap. Oh, right on. Same kind, but it's going to be an overnight stay there kind of camp. And then my Are project t- coordinator, Kinsley Walks Along, has got some other activities she's planning. I think we might try to make some moccasins or elk tooth dresses. Or Unfortunately, I have an all-female staff, so we end up with a lot of female-geared activities. Oh, yeah, but, that's fine. I mean, it happens. But. I mean, there's, there's guys that bead and guys that make dresses and stuff. Beading is always popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, so that Fort Belknap one, are you taking, like, urban natives up there, or are you working with that community? Both. Oh, both. Okay. Both. Yep. Oh, wow. That's pretty Down cool. Got a bead? Yep. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know yes. how these? Of course. A, yeah. I could I, use a new headband. I know how to bead with the lights off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can see in the dark. <laughs> yeah, my brother's, like, one of those. Yeah, he's a, he's a beater. Yeah. I like it. It's... it's um, well, obviously, it's therapeutic, but yeah, for sure. it's, yeah. it's, it's more of that meditative. Yeah. Something magical happens when, we, when we've had our beating activities and everyone's just sitting there and working on their project and visiting. It's just, yeah. it's just magical. Like, it is. Yeah, I know. Like, I haven't beat in a long time, but <clears throat> um, I remember one winter, I spent like the whole winter almost every evening like beating stuff for me and my son's outfits. And, um, yeah, it was like that winter flew by. Holy smokes. You beat, like, every like real beat work, huh? Yeah, I was sitting there, I was beating stuff. It was mostly, like, I was doing, like, the our necklaces stuff, like, drop down. Yeah. Like that. I was beating all of it. 
like just kind of like rapping. Yeah. But I didn't do like the full rap. I just like go through and send it through and stuff. But yeah, it took me like that whole winter. And like I was still like drinking a lot. But for like those three months, I was sober. I was beating every night. It's hard to do anything else when you're beating. Yeah. Like you just get in like, oh, three zone. hours went by. Yeah, I was up like, yeah, I started at like five, six. And before I knew it, it was like one o'clock. I was like, crap, I got to go to bed. How did you feel like when you were out on the dance floor knowing that you had a huge hand in your. Yeah, it was like. Regalia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, every time. Like in the past, every time I went out there, I was very thankful because, like, my mom contributed and, like, you know, different ones, man. Like, probably, like, 10 people contributed to everything I was wearing out there, you know. So I was very grateful for that. And, you know, early on when I first, like, entered the circle, started dancing in the circle, I was told, you know, it's like, hey, when you go out there, pray for the people that helped you get here. So that was always part of it. That routine, not necessarily the steps or anything, but like mentally, like it was in a prayerful state, praying for those people. So that was something I learned out there in the circle, just walking, you know, in a tribal hall, everybody's just walking around. Yeah. And visiting. Um, one of the OGs took me aside, told me that. Man, it's crazy because we were, I think that's awesome too, about like introducing that culture, especially for urban natives, because we're losing that. Yeah. That connection, right? Like, mm-hmm. but you're learning that too. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, so, like, the beating classes, the where can, like, people go to see how to, can they keep up to date with your program and those activities? The Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Facebook page. We post our activities on there. And mm-hmm. then if you just want to learn more about the program, we have on the Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council website, we have a tour page. But Facebook is really the best way to go. And then all of the staff we share on our Facebook pages and mm-hmm. just, just kind of word of mouth and yeah. viral. And we rely on our community partners too. The partnership with MSU Billings is great. They help promote our activities. We promote theirs. Wow. That's pretty cool. And I know you shared with me that, you know, you really got, since you got into this work and working with natives, that it's really now you have like a heart for it. Can you kind of talk about that and like why you're staying at Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders? Yeah, I'm going to back up a little bit there. So okay. I do have some Native American heritage in my oh, family, yeah. and we, you know, was one of those people. My great grandpa was enrolled, my grandma was enrolled, and then through the magic of the federal government and blood quantum, they mm. disenrolled my grandma. Oh wow! So, um, so I grew up fully believing that I had this background and this heritage and was always told and taught to be proud of it. It's part of who you are. And Mm -hmm. we just, you know, it was always the kind of like the family joke. You're native, but you're not native enough because we can't be enrolled. So we just, you know, went about our business and whatever. And so I always felt somewhat of a connection that way. But I guess I can feel for maybe some of these urban natives who who know a little bit, but they don't know how to know more. Mm. And so um, so I had that personal connection anyway, but just the organization itself has a fantastic mission statement to help the 
the Native American people of Montana and Wyoming, and we do have one of our members is the Shoshone Bannock in Idaho, and then we have a member in Canada too. And it's all health and human services related to reduce those social disparities and those health care disparities and just improve the lives of Native Americans in Montana and Wyoming. Yeah. And they have a lot of clout at the national level, so they can do advocacy work with the at the national level and the state level to help improve the lives of the people in the communities, too. Right on, right on. And I know, like, the board is made up of, like, tribal chairmen, mm-hmm. correct? So that's who oversees the whole Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council. So they are really our bosses. Like, yeah. We have a great executive director, but at the end of the day, the way I see it is the people, the tribes, and the, the leaders, those are the ones who graciously allow us to do this work. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know some, some tribes have left and other tribes have joined. Say there's a chairman listening. How Do you know how they go about <laughs> joining the Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council? They just reach out to the executive director, I suppose. Okay. That's like Bill Snell. Yeah, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Um, so, yeah, you're off the hot seat. But I just wanted to open it up to you. Do you um, you have any questions for us or about podcasting or recovery or anything like that? I guess, again, D.A.R.E. program works super good for me. In, yeah. in my experience, so I have some friends who are in recovery. I have some friends who've served time in the penal system because mm-hmm. of drug-related charges. It seems to me there's two types of people who've had substance use. There's people that are like super happy and super grateful that they've got a second chance in life. And then there's people over here who just want to forget that that was ever part of their life. Mm. And and of course there's people in between, but that seems to be like the two main people I run into. Um, Just kind of curious what you guys would have to say about that and, yeah, I think. Um, Do people transition back and forth between one spectrum and the other, or is it just like something that's within your heart that you just have that attitude of gratitude? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so I can really only speak for myself. Like, I when I got to recovery, I seen individuals like wearing their recovery on their sleeve. You know, they tell anybody in a, in a heartbeat that they're in recovery and telling their story, and that's really what sparked hope for me in the beginning so i was like man i want to do that like i want to do that i want to be like an open book to whoever because you don't know who's struggling or who might be on that fence of going back out or whatever so i want to be like i want to be able to share my story willingly and like even today like i had to go do a smudging for a company a lunch and learn thing like just kind of talking about smudging and how I use it and blah, blah, blah in recovery or whatever. And like at the end of it, this individual came up and he's like, Oh, thank you for saying that you're in recovery. He's like, man, I just recently relapsed. I started drinking again. And then I was like, Oh wow. And then we had a conversation for like 10 minutes after the event. Um, So that's what I shoot for. You know, that's why I openly, I will openly tell people that I'm in recovery I don't care who they are. I don't even care what they think about me, you know. So that's my stance. 
Um, no, but up to these two. I think for me, <clears throat> I think it's both of those things, right? So, um, and like mentally, I I do kind of slide back and forth. Um, because on one hand, I am super grateful. I am so, you know, like it's exciting to like. I always say that. You know, you know, you say, um, be the person you always wanted to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we were always that. Per- I was always that person. It's just that I put that aside and took something else on. Mm. And I liken mm. um, addiction to be kind of like a, like a possession, right? Like the things I said, the things I did, that wasn't me. I was me before that. And then on the other end, the real me came back. So I'm really, really grateful for that. And then, of course, there are things that, you know, that I don't like to think about. Because I, you know, I hurt my family. I hurt so many people around me. I hurt my community and my people. So I don't like to, I just want to, I wish I could forget all that because it, it still, I have to forgive myself constantly because it still makes me feel that shame and that guilt and that embarrassment and all those other things. So, but at the same time, I kind of need that in a way, in a sense, right? Like if everything is all peaches and cream, then I forget about, you know, man, there's a dark side to that. And so I think for me it's both of those things, but kind of mentally and, and that mental and and, and uh, emotional space, I kind of slide back. It depends, you know, sometimes. Like I just have out of the blue, like intrusive thoughts, especially we always talk about this, especially right, right before you're about to fall asleep and you think of something you might have said to somebody or did mm-hmm. or, you know. Like way back in the day when we're, when I was in my youth, and it just kind of makes you cringe and like, oh god, I mean, what a horrible person I was, you know. And that's being, and that to me is in the polite way, right? I'm not going to go tell you what I'm really thinking, but but you know, it's things like that, and so then it kind of puts me in that space to where, like, okay, that that was then. It's not who you were. It was like you said, like the the drinking and stuff was a, a symptom of just so many other issues. Um, but that's not who you are. That's not who you were in the beginning. That's not who you are now. There was that middle part where you lost your way, but, you know, it's just kind of that self-talk. So, yeah, I think both of those things kind of exist, and I can see how you would um, switch from one thing to another. Uh, And I'm like Josiah, too, because, I mean, I can't deny the fact that I was an alcoholic and a drug addict, right? I mean, everybody saw it, like they, and, and the proof is in the pudding, so why not tell every, I mean, why, why sit there and try to keep it a secret? Like, okay, this is who, this is who I was. This is what I did. And my goal is to help others avoid it in the first place if I can. But if not, I can show them, hey, you can come out of that. You can come back from that. You don't have to stay there. That's not who you are. So come back. And that's just kind of my, been my goal from the first day of recovery till the end mm-hmm. <clears throat> listening to you talk i did a training for it was actually for eating disorders and one of the things they they said in the training and i've never forgotten is you are not the worst thing that you have done nor are you the worst thing that has happened to you so right. i think on that for a little bit you are not the worst thing you have done and you are not the worst thing that has happened to you and and i that's that really, you know, strikes, you know, it really hits home because I think on some level there's always that. But to hear it articulated and put it into words, it's like, okay, now I get it. Like, but that idea is, it's in there somewhere. Mm. 
Nice. No, I think um, these guys said exactly everything that I was going to say. <laughs> uh, you just want to be done. <laughs> no, but it's weird. Like, I say it all the time on a show. Like, normally, like, I'm really, like, this awkward individual. <laughs> you know, like, but everything that happens is public, right? Like, so I think, like, for me, like, I, it was never my intention to be the face of recovery. Um, that wasn't my thing, but it's like, if I can take my sad stories because everybody has one, right? Mm -hmm. If I can take those and turn them into a triumph and share my hope with people who are hopeless because I felt that, like, that's really like why I do it. And, and the thing about it is like, when we share our testimony, we're giving our testimony permission to happen for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like for, that. So you can take that one too. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> I, I, I like to be full of myself and act like a, you know, like this real whatever, you know. But but anyway, like that's why I started. But initially, like the story that I was telling you off air was like what changed everything for me was becoming a father. Um, and, and at that time, like I prayed. I didn't have a really strong relationship with the Creator. But I prayed and, and, and I asked for a second chance to be there for my daughter. And man, he answered that prayer. So it's like not a day goes by that I'm not thankful or express my gratefulness for being saved from death, literally. Um, and when I shared that and finding out the actual medical term for it, like it did something for me internally. Mm. It like answered so many questions, but it also like internally, it like freed me from that prison. Because there was always this fear of, like, imposter syndrome, right? Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. like, I never grew up as, a, like, I'm not a doctor, anything like that. And for me, it was like, I always had this question, like, God, when I share my story, what if these guys say that I'm fake, like, that medically can't happen or, you know what I mean? Um, but it's like, the more I share it, like, the more grateful I am to have that second opportunity. Because I also have family members who, and I myself am a part of that, trying to forget that past life. And a friend of mine and myself were talking today about, like, why this certain part of us remains alive, right? Like, for me, I'll, I'll be open. It's, like, the street part of me, right? Like, my old lifestyle. Like, the, that mentality, I don't know why I struggle with it, and I don't know why that it always tries to linger. Like, eight years sober, like, that's still, that's still the biggest battle. So I think, like, Recently, more so, I've been interested in mental health mm -hmm. because I'm realizing, like, man, my drug addiction and my alcoholism wasn't because I enjoyed getting drunk or getting high. It was because I was running from my problems. And this guy, uh, Josiah, always talks about lack of coping skills. And I think, like, now, like, the, it changed the way that I parent because now, like, back in the day, I couldn't talk to my mom about marijuana use. I couldn't mm -hmm. talk to my mom about alcohol use. Um, and she never did, like my mom has never drank a drop of alcohol in her life. And she has never done any drug in her life. But to have that second opportunity is like something that I don't take for granted. So anytime that we can share our story like this, like we never, like for me, I never expected it to blow up the way that it did. You know, and, it, and it's crazy because there's this part of me that's like, man, I wish I could just stay back here and not be seen. You know? But then there's this other part that's like, man, but I'm a helper. That's who I've always been. 
It's like if any if I can help anybody in any way, shape, or form, then that's what I want to do. So rather than asking for people to bless me, I want to bless others and share the hope that I carry with them. That and and also like even in my parenting, it's like sharing my daughter, hey, this is what I did. But the thing is, like you don't have to. You know what I mean? Because so it's changing the narrative in my household. Um not only that, but it's also impacting people that we don't even see. And I guess, like, the hard part for me is embracing that, the public face of, you know what I mean, of addiction. That's where I'm at. <laughs> He's pretty good, huh? Yeah. And he ain't even trying to preach. When you were talking, I was reflecting on what Josiah had said about the beating and when you dance, you should pray for the people that helped you be there. And then listening to you talk about, you know, being grateful and JC. And I think that's something that our society is losing too, is that remembering to be grateful for things. And we're all people just generally are, they're focusing on those negative things and it just pulls you down. But there's always something I've always felt like there's something to be grateful for. Yeah. And we're not always like something there well, is. We're sitting here, aren't we? It might yeah, take a little bit of work to, to find something to be grateful for, but I think there's always some, some positive something. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel I, like, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as long as there's breath in our lungs, we have the opportunity to share the hope. Right, like yeah. we have opportunity. Like every day is a new day. Even if I made a hundred mistakes yesterday, like I've learned to be nice to myself. Mm-hmm. I think that was the game changer for me. It's talking to myself the way that I talk to others. But it's been so hard to unpack that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, that's what you said too. Was learning to be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself. Yeah, Having and that it grace was for it, yourself. And it's tough. It's like, I, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, it's it was a tough thing. It still is. I mean, I'd, I don't know if I'll ever be over that part of it. But I'm learning the coping skills. I'm learning new tools to combat it. And so I think, I think I'll be all right, you know? Like, just, but it is tough, especially at first. Oh yeah! Like, like, yes. you're just starting out is like having this question of why would I want to do something good for myself? True. Look who I am. Mm-hmm. Even though that statement is based in untruth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of the shame and guilt plays into a lot of that. I mean, I knew it did for me because I'm able to talk about stuff now. Like, but in the beginning. That shame and guilt was so strong, it was like 100%. You know, I could barely even talk about some of the things I did without crying. Where now, I mean, since I've been able to talk about it, you know, that's well-brighty teaching. You speak. You speak it into the air. You let the light hit it, and then you see the truth of it. And I was able to do that over these seven years and some change where I'm able to talk about these things that I did and... It's there's still shame and guilt. It's still cringeworthy, but it's like at a ten, where you know seven years ago, when I was in my first year, it was like at a hundred, you know. So <clears throat> maybe that's part of it with 
the individuals that don't like just want to let that go, don't ever want to talk about it and stuff. And I know early on in AA, there is such a stigma <coughs> to having a problem with drinking because drinking was so socially acceptable. Like everybody did it. That <clears throat> that was where that anonymity, confidentiality came into play strong there. And I've been to A meetings where, you know, there's <clears throat> all walks of life. You know, a lot of professionals in a lot of suits, a lot of professional, like, dress-looking people in there. And those meetings are, like, 6 a.m. You know, and then I've seen those people out in public, and they won't even acknowledge me. Mm. You know, because I don't know whether they didn't remember me, which I doubt. I'm a big six six foot three hundred pound man here, and it's hard to miss me. Um, so, I know there's still that element to that where people don't want to talk about it. You know, they rather keep it on the down low, keep it on the low low, and just stay professional. Have you ever watched Eight Mile? Oh, you don't watch movies, but there's this like <laughs> I was, I she forgot. read the book. Yeah, but there's this. Uh, Movie about Eight Miles, rapper Eminem is kind of like a loose biography. Um, but in it, one of the end scenes is he, it's battle rapping, and one of the end scenes is him going against somebody that knows all his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So his best friend, who doesn't know any better, you know, comes and he, you know, like, aren't you scared of, of this, that, that, that? You know, and, and Eminem, his character, like, he looks at it. And when he gets on stage and it's his time to to rap, man, he pulls out everything out of the bag. He basically opens up that bag and empties all the contents on stage in full view of everybody. Mm. And the way that I apply that now is when we weaponize our testimony, Mm. we eliminate the chance of those who don't have good intentions weaponizing it against us which I think is like when we tear the mask off of shame, right? Yes, I was an addict. Yes, I did, man. You know what I mean? Like you're ripping that shame off because Mm. I feel like that's how the opposite works, right? Like is to keep us in shame because when we're covered in shame, it's like a blanket and we can't breathe. We can't see. We're basically covered. But when we rip it off and we're like, man, like I'm ready to heal. I don't care how bad this cut hurts, but I'm willing to face what I did. And I'm going to be intentional about my healing. I think it's powerful. And I feel like that there's an aspect to that in terms of our relationship with the next generation. Because we didn't know these things previously. But now you have men such as ourselves who are willing to be vulnerable in a society that doesn't welcome vulnerability. Mm. so when we're open and we share our testimony like I said we give it permission to happen again but we're also showing the enemy like hey man you can't use my faults against me because I laid them all out for you I know I did what I did mm-hmm. mm. what are you going to say that's new mm-hmm. you know what I mean Yeah. Um, you can't tell me what I did or how I was cause I know I was there I yeah. was there I had front row seats and that's <laughs> Besides, the thing I already said that so a lot of and, and I already told you that stuff. So like yeah. even like there are people who are fighting us ten years ago. Mm. 
You know what I mean? They're fighting who we were 10 years ago. Mm. They're not mm. fighting mm. who we are today. Oh, no. That's why they throw the mud, right? Remember what you did? Uh, you're just like, tell me something I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I did do that. Wow. I did do that. And it just loses all that shame. It, it loses that. I, I always tell people the most expensive thing I've ever paid for is peace. Mm. And when I learned to be nice to myself and forgive myself, it really did something inside internally. And it loose, loosened that prison. You know, that even though I was in recovery, even though I was living like I, there was still that part of me that was like locked up. Mm-hmm. But once we face that and we rip it out, it's basically like this freedom inside, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. Well, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say one more thing from yeah, a conversation sure. we had, I think, like a year and a half or two years ago. Um, JC was saying like learning to be kind to himself and giving that to himself. We were having a conversation about something and you had told me you have to give in order to receive, you know, and if you want people to be nice to you, you have to learn to be nice to yourself Oh yeah, because you are what you put out in the world. So if, you know, if you're putting out that, Mm-hmm. learning to be kind whether it's to yourself and then you expand that to other people yeah. that's going to come back to you and other people are going to be kind to you but like you said too just ripping that blanket of shame off and just saying this is me this is what i did and you know putting that out there so mm-hmm. nobody can use it against you yeah you, you just reminded me of something that i read or i think i heard it because um, I listened to a lot of random motivational was it speakers. Me? It, it might have been. Randy's got Randy's got plenty. He's got plenty to go around. Yeah. But anyway, he said something along the lines of, "If you really want somebody to truly love you, you better show them how to do it." Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. Mm. I got to write that down. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta show people how I love me. Yeah. No, I think that's that's perfect. Because like, man, I I used to hate people. You know, like seriously, like hate people. But then when I came to the Red Road, I realized I hated myself. And so I started the process of forgiving myself, loving myself, speaking kindly to myself um, about myself. And then I looked out and I just seen people. You know, I like quit hating people. Now I don't care for some people today, but I don't hate them. You know, I don't care for LeBron, but I don't hate him. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> I don't care either one way or the other, but he, he's got, there's a, there's, a, there's a little something there. No, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I don't care for him. <laughs> he's not my cup of tea. Okay. He's not my goat. You can hate his actions, but have no feelings about the person. How about that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess uh, the hype. We've, we've discussed this. Yeah. It's the hype. See, I, he... He knows how to get on miners with his uh, flat earth and regalia stuff. <laughs> but I just poke, poke the bear with the LeBron. Because I like to play devil's advocate. So anyway, I'm, so. I'm curious if you don't like that word. Oh. <laughs> what do you prefer? Outfit. Outfit. Stuff. Stuff. Well, and then you can go like, okay, my roach. My Call muscle. it what it actually is. Yeah, what is. it actually yeah. is. But for me, like, that word just makes me cringe because it sounds cheap. It sounds... Like hokey. hokey. So we always joke on here, like, say, hey, JC, go get your regalia and let's go dance around the drum circle. <laughs> 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 That's what it sounds like in his head. 
I, I tapped in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scratching the board. And like drum circle, like, I don't know. Natives don't say that, so. I've never heard that before. <laughs> you haven't? <laughs> no. no. What did they say? Drum circle. Okay. Like, hey, Josiah, you going to drum circle tonight? And I'm like, what? Oh, oh, you mean drum practice? Yeah, I'm headed over there. Going to practice. Going to practice. Going to lift my voice. Yeah. Beat on the old Tom Tom. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> He's cringing over here, bro. Uh, I'm laughing at him. Just oh. watching it. I can't, I, I can't get over what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Hey man, you brought throwing that LeBron out there uh, to get you back. You have any more questions for us? No, I just had that one question. Oh, okay, and it took us down another conversation. So all right, that, that's all we do here. Huh? We, yeah. we we just we see a rabbit trail and we take it and we go. <laughs> we, go. <laughs> we always circle back around. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, some way, it always comes. It goes full circle. Yep. Yeah. Um. I was a little worried. I don't really like to talk about myself, so I'm glad you guys let me ask you questions oh, yeah, <laughs> so sure. I could get some conversation going. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. No, I think you guys are doing great work over there. I mean, just that testimonial. I know, like, you guys are having all these events. You know, of course, I follow you guys and we're in communication about different things that are happening in the community. But just to hear those testimonials about the lady, it's like, hey, I... Usually, normally I go out and drink Friday nights, but I didn't because I wanted to be here Saturday morning. Man, that's awesome. And the, that's and powerful. The little kids. That, yeah. Fire, man. That was, that was a, I'm not going to say that word. That was really good, too. Liddy. There's, there's, there's another word that I won't say around these two clowns. What's that? Power. Oh. Power. Power. Wonder working power in the blood. In the blood. Of the land. Of the land. So anytime he says power, we have to sing that song. They can say it all day long. No song. <laughs> yeah, hey, you notice my, I said horse. that right before you said that, huh? Yeah. That's powerful. And then he, yeah. It'll bring Karen back. I haven't seen her in a while. My horse, Karen. Been a long Beautiful time. mane. I haven't seen her in a while. She Been, done being mad at you? Yeah, she's done being mad at she me. She likes to pout at him. I forgot mm. apples. So she quit talking to me for about a month. Yeah, she just shows up and acts like nothing happens and just starts being nice to him. I know. And he falls for it every time. Yeah, <laughs> we taught him all the time. That's you know? a woman for you. Yeah. Like, what else do you expect? Oh, right? Beautiful mane, you know. That's how she apologizes, I guess. Yeah. Just she just whips that mane around. I'm hey, back at it. <laughs> Pats those eyelashes. <laughs> those beautiful horse eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, cool, man. So... Thank you for coming in. That was awesome. Uh, thank you. Ma, we appreciate it. We appreciate the work that you do, and yes. we'll definitely collaborate on the Masquerade Clown Dance Championship again this year. Absolutely. And you'll be a judge again for us. And, of course, you know, you're always welcome back. Um, maybe you can read another book and bring your info back to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah maybe come back in the fall and tell us how the summer camps went and yeah, all Give that. us some updates, all that, anything new. But yeah, you're always welcome back. It's an honor to have you here. It was a lot of fun. Um, learned a lot and heard some really, really, really good testimony on uh, the work you guys are doing. Yes. That's powerful. I appreciate y'all. All right. Um, so just kind of shift over 
We got some. Huh? Oh, I thought you were getting ready to push something. Oh, no. So you don't watch basketball at all. Man, I find that hard to believe whenever I find someone that doesn't watch basketball. Well, for the past, you know, I've been getting a master's. So oh, true. When I'm not working, I'm doing homework. So. Yeah. So reading is just almost like your job. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it's like NBA. We're in the finals now, waiting for the Sixers and Celtics to close up theirs. Sixers. Let me ask you. This. I mean, not Heat. So Heat and Celtics. Yeah, I'm I'm like, like what series, series are you watching? No, I'm just kidding. So, have you ever watched a movie that you read the book for? Read the book to or based on? Does that make sense? Probably. Oh, oh I was going to say. Well, can you compare the two? What do you like better? Obviously, the book, right? Probably. I'm trying to remember the last book that i read and also watched the movie because i know my mom you know hey did you watch this movie and she said no i read the book book is better and that's it that's always here always hear that the book's better like the only thing i can kind of have any kind of reference to is like i read all the um harry potter no the graphic novels for walking dead oh um but there's like since i stopped about three four years ago there's been like you know like another 20 that have come out. So I haven't read those. Of The Walking Dead? The Walking Dead. Um, <clears throat> but I would say definitely the comic book is better. But there's like, they parallel each other. Um, everything that happens in a graphic novel, the comic books, happens in the show, but to like different people. But the uh, storyline uh. is very, they stick to the storyline. It just takes rabbit trails and goes off here and there and. Um, like one of the biggest things is like in Walking Dead, the graphic novel um, and the show, the show has Daryl. Have you guys watched Walking Dead? No, Daryl. I is. mean, a little bit. I only because it was. He's the guy with the crossbow. It was on. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's not in the graphic novel. So they took like Rick, the leader, and they split him into two characters in the show. Okay. Yeah, I like I, I know one example. Did you ever watch Christine with the car? Huh. huh. The Plymouth Fury? Is that Whoopi Goldberg? No, it's uh, <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen King. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> she might have had a supporting role. She might have been in. No, Stephen King, remember the car that comes alive and runs over people by by saw? No, man. You've never seen know. that movie? Mm. Oh, man. I did watch the series The Haunting of Hill House. How okay. was that? That was really good, and I read the book, and the book was really disappointing. Oh, oh so you watched the, you watched the I series watched the first. series first, uh, and then it so prompted me to read the book, and the book was not as good as the series. Oh. Going back to the chickens, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Depends on which one you grabbed first. Huh. I will tell you a secret, though. I'm a super big fan of the Avatar The Last Airbender, the cartoon series. Oh, really? I own the box CD set. Oh, wow. DVD oh, set? Yeah, DVD set. Yeah, okay. Sorry. okay. Yeah. See how not techy I am? Yeah. What did you say? She said CD set. CD set. It's CD. still a CD. Yeah. It's just video. <laughs> Don't forget music. to rewind your DVDs. <laughs> I always forget that and get charged for it. But now you can get it on rewind. like Amazon streaming. Prime, I think, streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow, oh. did you guys hear that? Oh yeah, there's, the, there's a guy out there. We can hear it, too. Beep. This is a family show. 
I don't know. I Maybe the mics time. didn't pick it oh, up. Sorry, oh, it's oh, going to oh. mess with our rating. I know, probably <laughs> like your iPhone. Push this number and you like don't touch anything and it hears some random noise. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't understand your response. Siri. Yeah. What? Does that? Yeah, she does that from time to time. That happens Crazy. with my uh, Amazon Music app. Like it'll just stop playing like because if you say play the next or play Metallica and then it'll just play Metallica. But you don't even have to say anything and it'll stop. And it'll remember how it has that little blue kind of yeah yeah mm-hmm. waiting for you to say something and then I didn't say anything huh huh that's huh. weird. Or never hit like a button. Well, no, I mean like it's in the passenger seat. I leave it in the passenger seat. Yeah, play your bass. Yeah, play your bass. Then all the grease on there. All the grease on your bass. Your bass is pushing the grease. That grease just kind of <laughs> <laughs> like on a molecular level. Yeah. So that's going to oh, be the graphic. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. like it. This guy's doing his mojo over here. All right. Well, I think that's the end of it. Yes. <laughs> so we'll end there on episode 135. Thank you, LG Lacey Gonzalez, program director for the Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Opioid Res- Tribal Opioid Response Program. But uh, thank you for thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for supporting us in our masquerade and all that we do. Um, thank you for willing to collaborate with us and even come in today and talk about what you guys are doing. It's awesome. Keep it going. Keep doing what you do. And out there, all over flat Earth, we appreciate all our listeners, we our all our supporters, and especially our unspoken words disciples. Keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. And with that, we are out. Oh, oh, little big man. Oh, episode one thirty five. What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey, yo, it's Randy B, aka Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs, not drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. I do what I want. But then we all do it like.